this week's major spoilers podcast, episode 420, All Jokes Have Been Redacted, is brought to you by Jeffrey Sayer, Andrea Orth, Marcello Poblete, Alacon, uh, sorry, I messed up your name, Russell Cat, and Raymond Caritas. Is anybody else really, really hungry? Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Pod on on the air. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod pod podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, podcast. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Hey everyone, welcome to Issue 420, the Major Spoilers Podcast. Yay! So glad you could join us on this weekend. Yay! Some of us are busy right now. You can probably head over to, I don't know, what, extra myextralife.com or frogpants. Nerdtacular.com. You might see some of the streaming stuff. Uh, Check that out there. Um, But that's not what we're here to talk about. I have a question. Now, I haven't been reading The Amazing Spider-Man that long. Mm -hmm. So maybe this this part of the show is a little bit of history for comic book readers. But Peter Parker is working for Horizon Labs right now. Mm-hmm. And he's brilliant. He's made all these Spider-Man costumes and he's got all the, the cool gadgets and the gizmos and the gigas. Um, how come... I don't think that word means what you think it means. Gigas, yes. Uh, um, how come Stark Industries or Fantastic Four never, never hired him or given him a big fat contract? Or how come Peter Parker's not living high off all the patents off all of these things? <laughs> well, there's actually a, a there's a couple of questions there, um, so we can we can address. Them sure, so. go ahead and do the Stark Industries and Fantastic Four bit first. Well, he actually has worked for both Stark Industries and the Fantastic Four. Okay, how come they never kept him around then? Well, the the Stark Industries when he worked for Tony Stark was at the beginning of the Civil War. Uh, you may recall Marvel Civil War circa 19, 2005, <laughs> where all the heroes went, I hate you. No, I hate you. No, I hate you. And one of the big, one of the big, huge dramatic story arcs of it was Spider-Man started out on the side of Iron Man. Uh-huh. Now, was he and already been working for recall. Tony Stark at that time? He started yeah. working for Tony Stark in that storyline. He had, okay. had, you know, mm-hmm. there'd been some lead up to it. You may recall Tony Stark saying, we need you to reveal your identity on national television. Mm-hmm. And he did. And then halfway through, he realized that Tony Stark was being a royal douchebag. And so he switched sides. And that was one of the big uh, things that made Civil War so, I don't want to say shocking, because shocking isn't the word. Uh, nor is controversial, but it was something that, you know, that was one of the big dramatic beats where Spider-Man realized he was on the wrong side. Okay. Now, what about Fantastic Four? He's actually currently working for the Future Foundation. Oh, is he? Is he employed by the Future Foundation? Because he's employed by Horizon Labs. Yeah. I believe he is a... One of the teachers at the Future Foundation. You gotta assume that they don't talk about it that much. But if you're involved <laughs> with, the, with the Future Foundation, first rule of Future Foundation is don't talk about well, Future Foundation. What I'm saying yeah, that's part of it because I'm sure there's a healthy stipend that goes sure, sure. being a part of the Future Foundation. I mean, they are a business, right? 
um, a business that employed super genius kids to further society. So <laughs> Slave labor. Clearly, no wonder they don't want anybody to know they're working you, for them. If you think about it, just from the legal aspect of it, a lot of money has to be coming in and leaving the Future Foundation. Sure. What yep. does the Future yep. Foundation uh, do? What do they do? Uh, I thought they were just they adventurers. Future. future tech. Oh, is that is they're, it really they're, what they're set up as? Kind of, yeah. They're, they're just trying to make So they're the, the Apple of the Marvel place. Universe. They're what? The Apple of the Marvel Universe. Horizon's kind of the Apple of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So what about previous to Future Foundation? Did he work, uh, Rodrigo, with Fantastic he, Four? Well, Spider-Man has had a lot of different jobs. He was a teacher for a while. He's been yeah. a scientist multiple times. Right. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. his job as a photographer at the Daily Bugle. Uh, he's worked for whatever university he goes to. I don't <laughs> know if he... Yeah, he was at Eastern State University. Yes, right. So, you know, Spider-Man has had a, a ton of jobs. Now, here's here's where it gets to the next part of your question. Why isn't he working for Stark anymore? Why isn't he working for the university anymore? Why isn't he this, that, or the other thing? Right. It's And, and the... Often, but not always, we're given an in-universe reason, but the real reason is a new writer gets a hold of him and says, this is where I want to take Spider-Man. And a lot of the time, him being a super genius scientist is not conducive to the stories they want to tell. So they hand him back a camera, and he once again at, I don't know, I'm going to guess 35 years old, becomes an intern at the Daily Bugle. Again. Right. Well, I guess that goes back to um, Matthew's often borrowed phrase, if you're so smart, how come you're not rich? How come Peter Parker's not rich? Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a genius. Is it it the fact that Peter Parker needs to start a Kickstarter campaign to get his next (laughs) thing funded? Because this guy is a genius. He's developing tech. He needs to be applying for patents. He needs to be making millions. The guy could be making millions of dollars. And he's not. He could be. He could be. I mean, isn't he as smart as Reed Richards and Tony Stark? No, 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 oh, no, no, no. No. Here's the thing, Stephen. You can't change the status quo that much because <laughs> yeah, that's true. Most of the most of the inventions that he's created are Spider-Man related, right? So if Peter Parker goes to the the inventing room. Mm-hmm. Or what do you call it? The the whatever the those, yeah the, the patent the, office yeah, yeah. and says I have invented Spider Man's camera and the spider signal and the spider slayer things and yep. I've invented these things that I use my spider sense and my web shooters. Mm-hmm. Peter Parker is admitting he's Spider Man. True, mm-hmm. but or, more importantly, or in cahoots with Spider Man. Right. Well, Spider Man is played as a street level hero mm-hmm. for Peter Parker. To cash in on his brains and become, you know, famous and and rich and a super genius negates part of what certain people believe is Spider-Man's central motif. The reason that they wanted to take away his marriage was twofold. One, it made him seem too old in the eyes of the editorial. But two, Peter Parker is supposed to be, according to the current editorial guide, the quintessential hard luck loser and being married to a supermodel with a career in, you know, movies is not conducive to that whole thing. So if Peter Parker makes money off his inventions, it undermines Peter Parker's, you know, all the way back to amazing fantasy 15. Sure. I can't cash this check. It's made out well, to Spider Man. But that's where it's kind of odd that he is working for horizon labs and, um, model, um, or modal or whatever his Max name, Max modal, Max model. Um, he says, Hey, Peter Parker, you're working for Spider-Man. And I know that all this tech that you're developing, you're developing for Spider-Man. Hey, right on. And we're going to go out and publicly say, Hey, we're, we're, we're the lab that's helping Spider-Man. And the I only, and the only reason I said he was, publicly well, I don't he know. Said he was going to keep it a secret for Peter. 
Oh, okay, maybe he is, but J. Jonah Jameson, the honorable mayor of New York City, went in and tried to shut down Horizon Labs because they were in cahoots with Spider-Man. And I think that was the whole Spider-Island thing where they were launching technology to um, combat the uh, the spider stuff. I could be wrong on that. That, that may and, be true, but... And, and that's and that's the story that you're telling. But, but, I mean, right there, mm-hmm. it, right now, in Spider-Man... Uh, J. Jonah Jameson's the mayor, right? And Norman Osborn isn't the president of the United States right, anymore, right? So, you know, that's that's the bubble that we're living in right now, right? 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 Once another writer gets a hold of it, you know, Jameson is either going to be disgraced or he'll mm-hmm. just start pining for his old job. He'll come back. So he'll bump Robbie back down the ladder, and you know, everything will be back to. You know, status quo is gone. Yep, everything will be back to. I gotta hide my clothes up right, right. in this ledge with my spider web so that I can right. take pictures of myself jumping around the city. So, bottom line is, Peter Parker will never Spider-Man, raise, will never be uh, raised to the same level as Stark or uh, um, Reed Richards or he, he scientists could at be. Shield. He could be because have 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 he has has currently. aim has aim because aim is also a. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 it a legitimate, be, a legitimate front, right? It would be awesome. I, I don't think they are at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it would be awesome if AIM contacted Peter Parker, yeah, yeah. or if an AIM front organization contacted Peter. Oh, Parker. wouldn't that be or interesting? If Horizon that Labs be, turned it, out. That's what to I was going to say. Wouldn't be interesting front. if Horizon Labs that, that is an be, AIM that front. That would be awesome. Right now, Peter Parker is making oodles of money. Like, right, he is. Paycheck, I mean, his life is a six-figure paycheck. Yeah, he, before he even started right, doing right. anything. Except for losing his girlfriend, who was the detective who found out that he was Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Peter has now broken the spell that uh, Doctor Strange has put upon the world that mm-hmm. keeps him hidden as Spider-Man. Um, you know, his life is going pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and then we kinda, I kind of want to actually go back to the Future Foundation since he's working with that. And you said the <clears throat> legal things about them getting money and coming in. Wouldn't him working with the Future Foundation kind of be a conflict of interest with him working with Horizon Labs, a uh, a competing. Are you? Uh, it, it's I, it, hilariously <laughs> in the in the Spider-Man universe. Yes, yes, it would be. Uh, are they actually going to cover it? I'll, I'll ask you this: Is it two different writers writing this? Is it potentially nine different writers writing this? <laughs> if the answer is no, yes to either of those. Peter Parker works for Horizon Labs. Yes, Spider-Man, Spider-Man works, works for the for... Future Foundation. There you go. That and, is, and, the and that's how, and that's how they, that's how the Future Foundation keeps from paying Peter Parker Peter because Parker. they write all the checks well, out to Spider-Man I mean, and go, oh, yeah, sorry yeah, about that, yeah, Peter. Wilson. Well, yeah. pay Peter Parker because that would confirm that he is working <laughs> yeah, yeah, at yeah. the if Future you wanna, Foundation. If you want to <laughs> crawl up the universe, I know. And, blood, and sometimes I get into know? this because it's the same conversation that we had before about what's the cleanup crew or whatever they are in the Marvel universe about damage who's taking control. care of all the damage control in well, this place. I mean, damage think control. about it this way. Why is... Uh, no, that's a different company. Um, isn't it? That's no, a, that's no, DC's, isn't it? No. Oh, well, there you go. Oh no, Damage that's true. That is Marvels. No, yep. you're right. Um, so, uh, why why isn't Spider-Man? Why aren't Spider-Man's inventions uh, making more money? It could potentially be because this is the Marvel universe. True. In a world where you have 19 different super companies, right? All of which are headed by a superhero, right? You know, there might or not villain. be a or villain. What, what's the what's the what's the one with the Iron Fist Rancor or whatever it is? Rand Rand oh the Rand 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 Industries that's what I'm thinking right so I think it'd be interesting so you have 
whatever iteration uh, Hank Pym is in and whoever mm-hmm. he's working for. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have Stark. Right. Um, you have whatever the Fantastic Four are doing at the time. Right. That could be anything. Because, it's just Fantastic Four Industries yeah, Fantastic or something. Fantastic Four stuff. You got um, AIM. AIM and, and Rand. And that, you got uh, all, of the, all of the villainous ones that might or might not Oscorp. be front organizations. Oscorp. Oscorp. Yeah. Um, so there are... Super tech in the Marvel Universe is mm-hmm. hi, is a highly competitive field. So in order for Peter Parker to get into it, it's a little difficult, especially when all he really has to offer is a really badass epoxide. Mm-hmm. Which you know, if you think about it, you see guys, you know, you, you see guys descending from the shield helicarrier shooting people with much more complex stuff. That, right. You know, like well, does that? And, well, that was the other thing. Does that bother you guys that you're reading? It, this works in in any universe that you have a higher technology. Here, you're in the Marvel universe, and we'll continue the conversation here, mm-hmm. where you have alien technology right you have super tech right and then you see technology technology from other dimensions plus the super genius technology of and yet people are walking around with ipods Mm -hmm. does that is that i mean it's like the the norms are walking around just like oh you know just another ordinary day and then they're almost oblivious to the fact that hey that guy over there has this cool hologram who hockey I think I think well, that's... personally for me, there's there's two ways of looking at that. One is that it's very unrealistic, and the other one is that it's surprisingly realistic. Mm-hmm. Because let's say let, let's the unrealistic one is what you just brought up. Right, Why right. is there all this crazy technology? But in, but people are it still, doesn't seem to be filtering right, down. Right. The, I think the realistic aspect of that is if there were not saying that there are if there were major companies manufacturing super high end technology. Where would that technology go? Mm-hmm. The military. Right. And potentially the space program, especially right. now that space has been privatized. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very unlikely that the, or, or if the military had, or or if somebody developed teleporting technology, mm-hmm. that a bunch of guys from a helicarrier right. would descend on top of them right. and say, this is ours. Right. I mean, that's where GPS, for example, it came out that uh, way. It's exactly. a military application that then, filtered into into the public view and i just i don't see that a lot happening matthew what were you going to say part of it is it's it's again it's that storytelling trope where you can't do that you cannot take the the rational expectation because it destroys the universe and to wit let's say it's 1994 or 1984 even oliver queen's company has gone over why doesn't oliver go and ask for a loan from bruce wayne because it undermines oliver's reality it undermines whatever drama you get out of oliver queen losing his money it's you know when astro city came out there was an episode of astro city where they showed that the heroes sometimes hang out together at a specific club, out of costume, and they don't know who they're dealing with, but it's something they do when they hang out, people complained. And in the letter column, people complained vocally about how this undermines the jeopardy that they're in. If they're all friends, first of all, you can't do that, hey, we're all going to fight now because we don't know each other. But you also have that moment of why doesn't Bruce Wayne help people out? Why doesn't you know Black Canary show up and help Oracle to pay her rent. Well, These are goes, things that... Yeah, those are good questions. I mean, but but that goes back then. So Stark, Fantastic Four, all these big corporations right. are only dealing with the military? I think because you'd are... think that stuff, you'd think Reed Richards would be, well, hey, look, everybody, you... alternative fuel in your cars, well, no more and, gas. And, and that's 
I mean, that is certainly one of the ways that writers have mitigated that. Right. Of saying, you know, here's Reed Richards, you know, uh, all throughout history, the, the, the goodiest good guy that ever did good, mm-hmm. um, coming out and saying, I have, I'm back from the negative zone, you guys, or the microverse, or whatever the crap I was in, and I have discovered a way for cars to never have to fuel up again. And then Shield comes out and says that people are not prepared for that yeah. technology. Well, and I, yeah, and right I mean that's, now. I mean that's, and they they block him. Sure, sure. I mean right? that's totally and that's, legitimate. That's the, and that's the, but it's just the explanation. It's still right? sometimes I, I I read a Marvel book and all of a sudden an alien invasion and people are just like, oh my gosh, it's aliens, and it's like, duh. Or why aren't there more space colony out there? I mean, it just seems like that natural progression that you should be at. Well, that's because your stories have to remain accessible to the average person. And having someone say, oh, no, that that's fine. That's the third alien invasion this week kind of does undermine the storytelling that you're trying to do. Uh, having something like that, having, you know, Peter Parker be completely backed up by three other guys, it kind of damages what Spider-Man is about. And it makes the world less accessible and less realistic sure. because... You walk in and, you know, the DC universe is famous for doing this and then pulling back and doing this and then pulling back. They get to the point where everything, no, it's, it's Grant Morrison's JLA, everything, everybody knows everything and the hyper kind are Martians and we're just going to light their butts on fire. And then people go, well, that's not nearly as much fun. Let's go ahead and do those Appalachian aliens attacking again. Right, right. Now that's, and that's certainly one side of it. The other issue and, and, and they're connected is is one of continuity. Mm-hmm. It's that, you know, this is the Marvel Universe, the DC Universe, and things that happen on Fantastic Four potentially should, especially since they happen in the same freaking city, impact whatever Spider-Man is doing, right. or whatever Iron Fist is doing, or whatever anyone else is doing. So that's an issue. If the Fantastic Four existed in their own Fantastic Four Universe... It would make sense, and it would actually make a lot of sense for the story mm-hmm. for Reed Richards to have changed the world for yeah, him, yeah. for all the technology that he's brought into play to actually affect the rest of the world. And now that you wouldn't have Stark, that you wouldn't have street level guys like Daredevil and Spider Man, who would then say, "Oh, well, hey, Tony Stark, who I whom I know personally, mm-hmm. can you make me a, a portable, lightweight blaster so that I can." jump around like Spider-Man, but also blast people, here you go. This is very easy. You know, hey, Professor Xavier, but have who we friends seen... with, can I borrow some of your Shi'ar technology that ha- you brought back sure. from your last trip? Ha- have we seen the military shield use any uh, Stark tech? Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. like, what have, like, their blasters? Are they using Stark repulsor I weapons? I don't know or... specifically if the blasters are Stark. I know we saw the, what, the, the spider... Spider armors or what mm-hmm. was the that armors? Was, the yeah, that Iron was a, spiders. Iron spiders. That's it. Oh, and and also, I mean, that was a uh, an instance of what I'm talking about with Stark designing a Spider-Man costume, you know, mm-hmm. and, and giving it to Peter, and that didn't last very long sure. because it can't last very right, long. Right, right, right. Yeah. So no matter exactly. what, Peter Parker is doomed. Doomed, I say, doomed. <laughs> Why you got to do that? <laughs> You're, here's your thing. The, the people telling the stories 
have the expectation that they leave the universe in a recognizable format. Zero so if game. we were to take all of these changes and throw them in and say, okay, well, this has changed the universe and now there's teleporters on every color, every corner, you've turned the Marvel Universe into the Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. And people don't always want to read the Legion of Superheroes. There are people who want to read Spider-Man because he's street level people who think that batman is better because batman quote unquote doesn't have any powers i don't have any powers that's why i'm yeah, so batman awesome has except tons for of powers. being Batman's, the knight i am batman i am batman's the knight powers are many powers but here's the thing about that that's a perfectly valid response and three years from now you may have an editor-in-chief who agrees and wants you to bring that back So, I mean, these things, they go up and down and back and forth. The Marvel Universe is a good example of a world where there hasn't been a whole lot of, you know, change, lasting change from Reed Richards or Mm -hmm. from Tony Stark Mm -hmm. or from, you know, Peter Parker. Not necessarily because it's a bad thing for the universe, but they try to make some explanation. Tony Stark keeps his technology to himself because he doesn't want people to steal Iron Man and also it keeps him alive. Right. Reed Richards is basically your, you know, your most condescending avuncular kind of, oh, ha, ha, that's fine. And someday I'll show you how to drive this car, but not until you won't kill us all. And Peter Parker is at his core extremely paranoid. Peter Parker is a very paranoid character. Uh, everybody's out to get me and they're going to kill me and find my loved ones and I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, and Peter I will make Parker sure that no one ever dies again. But when you break it down, if you take Peter Parker and you say he's a super genius and we're going to take his super genius and we're going to make Spider-Man, you know, the if they made the Iron Spider thing his regular default mode, Mm-hmm. people would go off because people don't want that from their Spider-Man. Yeah. And now here's, you know, you're saying is Spider-Man always doomed to be that way. He is not, but there's no way to artificially right. bring that about. Oh, I know. For example, talking about super geniuses, uh, Superman used to be a super smart super genius from another planet. And now he's not anymore. Now, he's still a super genius in the sense that he can manipulate the Kryptonian technology that's available to him in his his, uh, Fortress of Solitude, uh, in most iterations of the character anyway. Uh, But, you know, the... When you ask people what are Superman's abilities, what Superman like, nobody is really... Out in the the general public, which is a lot of the time where Mm -hmm. it's mattering... Nobody right. really says, "Oh, and also he's really smart." Right, right. <laughs> that's a, kind of yeah. the last well, because thing they, they say. Oh, about right, right. Superman. Superman is always kind of considered the brute, and 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 that's fine. You know, we've talked uh, before about the damage and the fact that they had damage control. Mm-hmm. Would Would you like to see the technology dissemination topic addressed at some point in Marvel, where they? No, because I mean, the, I'm not saying you need a series. But, you know, a paragraph, a word balloon, a it, it page. Just, it just calls attention because if you say, yeah. oh, by the way, this is all like the technology isn't disseminating down because of this. Then I kind of feel that the characters would look back and forward at each other. And it's like, also, why were all, why are all these guys who were 20 in the 60s still 20? Right. And that's also, I mean, why that's is there kind no of crime the in the West Coast. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was addressed that in, was a whole, addressed. in a whole series. Yeah. In a whole series, it that, was addressed. Which, that which is I love. Which was a great Brian K. Vaughn series. 
But it's like the point where we said Spider-Man took off his mask and we're going to tell stories that have never been told before. Okay. But it's a closed ended question. By making that technology thing, you're a setting up something that will be reversed eventually. Yeah. And but B, you're, you're basically saying, just making it the topical thing. It's like no, it can you know, be done like in a infinite passing thing. It can be done in a passing thing. Just like I mean, there's yeah. so many things that can be done in passing as you go along, where you don't have to have a whole issue or something devoted to to it. You know, maybe Peter's invented something for Horizon Labs that suddenly the government comes in and you have a whole thing of, well, you can't patent this and you can't do this and you can't do this and we'll see you later. Here's your check, Mister Modell, and goodbye. And then. You know, Peter's like, what the heck? And Modell's like, don't worry, it happens all the time. Sure, sure. You know, and something and that, like that, and that would, would be... And that would be fine, but that in and of itself is not an explanation of why, mm, say, well, right. the Fantastic Car isn't available for everybody. Maybe the drive. government stepped in and said, no, well, you know, they could have done then, that. But then you have to explore that. Right, That's right. the thing, is then you get into having to have a series do But that. the fact that they're not talking about it <laughs> and me calling it out means that it's, yeah. it's being called out. Uh, they do kind of address the technology thing in a lot of the Fantastic Four stories. I mean, they talk about yeah. Reed having patents on right. literally thousands of right, inventions right. and whatnot. Uh, they talk about how Latveria looks like it's technologically behind everybody mm-hmm. else, mm-hmm. despite the fact that Doom is... Or despite the fact that Latveria itself is actually one of the most technologi- technologically advanced countries in the world because right. of Doom. Mm-hmm. But it right. looks like 18th century Eastern Europe, right. and and it's that's it's, because they're traditionalists, and that's because yes, Franklin and Richards only read the old European ah. uh, fairy tales, and that's. Ah. But it's it's because you also have to ask the George Carlin question. When we say, "Okay, is this a story <laughs> hook? Is this an interesting <laughs> hook?" You have to ask the George Carlin question, which is. Okay, let's say we write a story about Reed Richards' technology and why it hasn't changed the universe. Who gives a fuck? I mean, really, I mean, what Somebody might. stories? Steven but what stories does. can I mean, we tell? The question. Yep. And I, I mean, no, Matthew's right, though, because that makes for a great limited series called Damage Control. That right. makes for... Or uh, a limited awesome, series called Secret War. Right. Or, you know, it's like, hey, I wonder what those Project Pegasus guys have been up to this whole time. Or, you know, hey, let's write a little mini about what Cadmus does. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you read it, you're like, huh, that's awesome. And then you're move, move on, on right. to reading about Batman punching people in the face again. Right, right, right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, new topic. New topic. Enough about Peter Parker's employment and technology in the Marvel Universe. Let's talk about uh, DC Entertainment for a moment. Uh, a couple right. of weeks ago, Warner Brothers announced that they, too, surprisingly, this was announced right after the Avengers made billion of dollars. Oh, we're Warner Brothers. We, too, are going to make a Justice League movie. Hurrah! And we're going to have our own spinoff movies with the Wonder Woman and the Flash and the Aquaman and the Green Lantern. Are, are they starting with a Justice League movie? I, I don't know which way they're going to go. Because that's that's what I said. I said DC needs to do it the other in the other direction. Start with a team and Start break out. They, they may break be breaking out. out. Now this they do isn't... it, they owe me money. <laughs> <laughs> Although right. they were two years ago in the middle of almost casting the Justice League yeah, movie. And then they were like, oh, it's going to be CG. And then they were like, oh, never mind. And we're going to yank this off the table. The question that I have, is it too late for, the, for a Justice League movie? Unless they pay Rodrigo. <laughs> They're not going to pay Rodrigo. <laughs> they need to. So. <laughs> I, unless I mean... they use Rodrigo's idea, they need, to start, they need to start with the Justice League movie. Okay. If they go, other than... 
they could take the Superman movie coming out next year mm-hmm. and then, you know, push that into the full-blown Justice League movie. Sure. Have Superman kind of be the point-of-view character for the Justice League movie. Him okay. finding a threat that he can't face and mm-hmm. then throwing the flash at it. and then collecting the other six members of the league or however many they decide to put in the movie. Sure, 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 sure. And then branch out from there. If they try to do the lead up like the Avengers, it will be too late by that point in time. Matthew, what about you? Is it too late for a Justice League movie? Yes, yes it is. Why why do you say? Oh, I don't know why I say that. I just believe that it is. Here's the thing about the Justice League. The Avengers is not a property that has a lot of expectations tied to oh, that's, it. Which that, goes that's back true. To my point from last yeah, yeah. show. Yeah. It's it's it, it has a built-in audience, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have that big of a built-in right, audience. Right, right, right. It's just right. exactly what you need. Mm-hmm. And you aren't going to have, you know, well, let's put it this way. The Avengers and we went into this and we had large discussions about will this be a disaster can right. it be any good and i said probably not but part of the reason that it was good was because they said you know what we're going to do this with the hulk and we're going to do this with the black widow and we're going to do this with hawkeye and we are going to do takes on these characters that make them awesome in our universe you can't really well i'm not going to say can't it will be extremely difficult to do that with a character that has the pop culture recognition of Superman or Wonder Woman or Batman. The Flash, Aquaman, those guys you might be able to get away with, but a Justice League movie is almost almost guaranteed, destined to be about Superman, Batman, and Wonder yeah. Woman. Yeah, sure, sure. So now when you – let, let me uh, Go ahead. clear this up. When you say, is it too late – do you mean is it too late for a Christian Bale? Oh no 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 um, no! I'm just saying Ryan Reynolds as the, vehicle. Or? I, I'm just saying is it have they missed their have they missed their opportunity to to do this? No, they they certainly have no. not. I think it's never too late. Know, Nothing when, ever ends. When Scott Pilgrim came out, people mm-hmm. were saying that was the death of a Kimmy sure, movie. Sure, sure, sure. And then the Avengers shattered right. the the right. sky out of the sky. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, okay, I'm going to. Well, I don't know. I was going to say, I would bet that there are more people that are familiar with the Justice League than with the Avengers. Sure, sure. Only because the of the cartoon Super Friends, series. at least. Super yeah. Friends, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. So. I'm, the the Justice League have been, has been in cartoon form in one way or another yeah, yeah, since for, like 2001 or yeah, something Yeah, yeah, for like almost uh, nine years, I think. Yeah. Before that? Well, yeah, before that, when if you, and if you want to count the greater animated universe all the way back to Batman, Batman the animated yep. series. Um, you know, part of me wants to say... Warner Brothers doing this now, mm-hmm. you know, and essentially now is what we're looking at. It almost seems like, yeah, you guys should have done this two years ago and really done it upright two years ago instead of now waiting until the Avengers have shown that you can do a team movie and make it work. I, I have a feeling people are going to go, the people that are not in the know, that sure, don't know sure. who the Justice League are, but a lot of people would know. Oh, another superhero! Is this going to be like the Avengers? Isn't this just like that Avengers movie we saw sure, not sure. too long ago? And and so part of me is it's like, oh yeah, here come the Johnny Come Latelys, here come the DC Come Latelys well, on this. But but that's the thing is, for a while DC was beating Marvel right, that right. because just like there's been a, a Justice League of some kind on TV for mm-hmm. the past fifteen years at least, mm-hmm. there has been 
a Batman on the movies right. also for or yeah, for even for longer. even longer than that. Right. You know, since the since the 80s. Right, right, right. So <laughs> the way long a time go. Yes. Yes. Um the way back. The way back wins. So let me ask you this. If you were to do a Justice League movie, who would you put in it? Rob? Like actors? No, who characters? would who would be the who would be the members of the Justice League? Obviously the Trinity. I mean, you've got Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. You, you can't do a Justice League movie without those three. And like Matthew said, it's probably going to be focused on those three, which I don't think is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. And you, you build up. You have to make sure that the rest of the characters, whoever the supporting cast is, is likable mm-hmm. and that they can break off. But I mean, those three are going to be the icons. They're going to be the recognized ones. I say go with the if they do it like now. Go with the new Fifty Two Justice League. Go with you know the the big three: Flash, and, and Green Lantern, would, and Aquaman, and that. Cyborg. Okay. What about you, Rodrigo? Same. Uh, no, I think I would go with uh, definitely Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, uh, the Flash. Uh, I would, you know, if I was doing it and I could fight him on it, I would put John Stewart, Green Lantern, and probably just leave it there. Just have those five characters. And, and have that be the 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 Justice League, and I even know even how I'm going to start the movie. How would you start the movie? Um, I would start it. I would start it like so. Okay, so okay. Um, there's a, there's a bank robbery, right? And then so the you see like Metropolis National Bank or maybe some right, other right, city, right? National Bank <laughs> blows up, and like bad guys like robbers fly out of there like in like hoverboards or some kind of crazy technological thing right mm-hmm. they're like you ha we're getting away and then superman shows up and he's like pew, 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 and he beats them down right mm-hmm. this is big action scene sure to, sure to, sure, to, sure. To no, start no, no. Up the movie goes on for a while mm-hmm. um depending on the budget so superman beats up all these guys you know and he's superman people right, you know right, he right. flies down puts them down on the street and you know people gather taking pictures <laughs> And, you know, Superman goes down and is like, don't worry, citizens, I have taken everyone down. You know, kind of, you know, you're sure, younger, a sure. little bit more of a, of a hothead Superman, not like, I'm going to do this, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm here. It's okay, you guys. I'm mm-hmm. Superman. You right. Know? And people walk up to him and they start taking pictures and there's like, so Superman, what are you going to do about that red blur in Keystone City? Keystone, Keystone or, or Central, yeah, Central right. City. One of- and he's like, I'm sorry, what? He's like, so are you going to do anything about that bat monster that's terrorizing Gotham? And he's like, what? He's like, what about that green flash in Baghdad? He's like, what What are you guys talking about? Boom. Picture of Superman goes out to the Daily Planet, falls over as a newspaper, and then you start seeing all the newspaper reports of all the other Justice League guys coming out. Pow, 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 mm-hmm. Biddly, 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 biddly comic or uh, um, title sequence. Mm-hmm. The Justice League. And then from there you explore. So all of these guys are already around. Sure. They're just not as well known as Superman. No origin stories. Just bring them all together. Okay, Matthew. What about you? What's your team? Uh, well, there there are two ways you could go. If I was making the movie that I wanted to make, mm-hmm. I would do the Detroit League, <laughs> and I would start with Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman quitting because they're there, but they quit. <laughs> but if I were doing a movie that I thought would actually, you know, sell people buy tickets, people to, would actually be interested in. <laughs> yeah, I would I would do the basically 
I don't know if you guys know this. I, I tweeted about this on Saturday, Sunday, rather. I held a copy of The Brave and the Bold, yeah. number 28. This is, my- you and I are on the exact same freaking wavelength, Matthew. You have the Appalachian aliens show up. Yep. You do Batman. He's like, Batman, Batman, Batman. Holy here's, crap, it's an alien. Here's here's he, how you do. Turn to wood. You know, Brave and the Bold, uh, 28, that's the Starro. Uh, that is the first appearance of the Justice League of America. Right. Everyone right now, right now, is all into uh, Prometheus, mm-hmm. and the facehuggers are always a great horror trope, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have this idea of, um, you know, trying to get these heroes. Well, the hero of the League is already formed. Um, you know, Superman, we need your help, and Superman's in space punching asteroids. I'm sorry, League, I can't come and help you with whatever the problem is. Um but the but the alien facehugger and the zombie genre are just two genres that are very popular, sure. and the Starros are a perfect a combination menace of, both, of yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got Batman going, I'm in Gotham City, go screw yourselves. Unless it's a problem in my city, you guys are on your own. <laughs> and you're able to include both Superman and Batman into the story. But for the most part, you're going to have the Flash and Aquaman and Green Arrow and Wonder Woman uh, and Martian Manhunter dealing with this Starro problem. And maybe to the point where it starts to intrude into Gotham, and that's where Batman starts getting. You got the big fight scenes, and you got the big punchings until the giant Starro shows up, mm-hmm. and then that's when you have basically third act. That's when you have yep. Superman come in to battle the big monster. So all along the way, you've got this build up to your prime heroes that were introduced to in the basically the first two acts, and then Batman and Superman coming in in third act to assist, and then at the end, it's like, man, we're, you know, this is a great team. It's a great thing that we created this or whatever, but you use that Starro and the idea in the uh, Brave and the Bold as your team and as your story, as your launching point. And I think that that zombie Starro face hugger thing Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. just, I mean, they don't have to be the pink Starros with the big eye. I mean, you could, I mean, throw some, some Giger art onto the Starros or some, you know, who'd be a, a good concept designer, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Just imagine the, uh, you know, the eye, the, uh, what movie was that? Was that uh, Oh, Pan's Labyrinth? Pan's like Labyrinth, the where the thing eyes. that holds its eye up. Just imagine that as a face hugger Starro. Mm-hmm. Maybe even I don't want to say wrapped around the neck, but just that Starro on the face with that eye on the sure, other side. Sure. That is creepy enough to be a horror movie, an action horror movie, but it's got that zombie thing kind of thrown into because everybody these mindless creatures. Um, another thing that I was thinking about just the other day is. So what if you threw in the Starro but you and you throw in this kind of zombie thing, but you also throw in um, a little bit of For the Man Who Has Everything? Because if you're trying to say, well, you know, Superman coming in in the third act and beating up the Starro, that, that a, that's a kind of a that's weak. a little bit of weak. Yeah. But um, I think it's in The Man Who Has Everything. That's where he has the Black Death uh, on his... Right, right. And he... What if you tweaked it enough to where the Starros are implanting memories or implanting stuff into people's minds to where they're controlling it. No, Black Mercy. Black Mercy. And Superman is, ends up becoming somewhat a villain in this piece because he's, he's thinking he's fighting people trying to disrupt his home on Krypton where he's happy. But you do this kind of real cool warp where he's really fighting Batman and Batman's in his big armor. I don't think you even need that. I think, you know, it becomes revealed at some point that, Starro got control of Superman yeah, yeah. somehow, right? And, and then, then you would have to do like the little Starros that you can't see, yeah. You know, which are around. But you I mean, that would that would that even be an interesting thing where we I, cut away I these sequences so, because... of Superman just relaxing and kicking back and having fun, and then these things are invading. And he doesn't know what they are, and he's trying to punch them, and he's it fighting would... them, and you do this cool warp to here's Batman in his Dark Knight Returns uh, 
Superman battle armor and Superman's trying to kick the crap out of him. It would it would certainly explain why Superman isn't doing anything right, about this. Right. Right. Matthew, what are your thoughts beyond the fact that Brave and the Bold, you and I were on the same wavelength there with the team? Well, we were up to the point where you started <laughs> not actually doing anything revolved with Red Bull. I would say that, first of all, you can't tie it to existing continuities. No, no, you Even don't. Even if those existing continuities are the extremely fun, you know, financially successful Dark Knight, you have to do it as its own entity. And mm-hmm. I don't think you can do Christian Bale no, 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 and no, Brandon no. Routh and Linda Carter. You're not going to get those Actually, guys Actually, I, I would love to do Linda Carter, but that's probably another mm-hmm. podcast. No, you're going to have a different group of people. And I'm, 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 not, I'm not concerned about characters or casting. I want good actors to be in these. I, I just think that that Brave oh, and the Bold... Oh, they won't do that. Brave and the Bold star uh, no, you won't be, have good uh, actors. You'll you'll have pretty kids. Angelina um, Jolie as Superman. Yep. You'll you'll have pretty kids and the pretty kids hopefully one of them will be able to act. But the, I think that the the biggest problems that you're going to have to avoid are people going, well, Superman is there and Superman should do everything. Right. Or, That's why you have to Batman remove him is in some there, way. and why doesn't Batman just figure it all out? That's why you remove him some way, by having the Starro take over Superman or whatever. I mean, that's what made Brave and the Bold so great, is that... Right. And I think having Superman taken over by the villain is kind of a cop-out use of Superman's powers. Well, it truly is. That's the equivalent of Superman lost half his powers this week. But, you know, that's just me. The the thing is, though, uh, you can establish how powerful Superman is very quickly mm -hmm. in the movie. If you have... A, a sequence in which Superman is fighting another super powerful guy and the super powerful guy throws a truck at him and Superman flinches. Yeah. And, and it falls on Superman and Superman falls down and then mm-hmm. he goes and gets the truck off of himself and he's a little bit scuffed. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. People will say, OK, here's Superman's power level. Let's keep going. Well, if you just have the, it'd be a tanker truck and it just blows up on top of him and he is completely unscathed Mm -hmm. then it does get into well why doesn't he just do it right and that's what they did and that's what made brave and the bold or the brave and the bold 28 so great is that superman was out by jupiter somewhere punching asteroids that were going to be a threat batman basically said screw you guys i'm in gotham leave me alone and so that you know in those two panels you remove those guys from the entire story and you left it up to you know green lantern and aquaman and wonder woman and flash and and martian manhunter to deal with the the situation if you're going to have that movie then why involve Batman well, and Superman at all? That's right, and that's why I said, well, because number one, people are going to expect Batman and Superman to be in a Justice League movie. Are they? Why? I, well, I asked you guys who you wanted, and the first three answered the Trinity, the yeah. Trinity, the you Trinity. Asked, you asked us. Well, that's guys true. Who we well, wanted. and that goes back to the thing of Murder. I bet more people know about the Justice League than the Avengers, and anyone who grew up watching Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, are going to know Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman are involved. And so I think there are going to be people who general audiences are See, going to expect those three to be in there. In in that case, and, you know, I mean, I don't want to sit I mean, here and, and, you know, mess with your pitch. Certainly. No, 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 no. I'm, um, but <laughs> I'm going to do that anyway. He's um, a pitch messer. I, I, I really am. Then you, so if, if Superman and Batman need to be in this movie because people will recognize them, then you also can't take them out for two-thirds of the movie and then it, have them show well, up. Well, and... that's why I said in the Black, uh, the Black Mercy bit where you have Superman being overtaken and you can intercut through the film mm-hmm. of Superman relaxing and audiences going, well, what's going on? Why is he, you know, just kicking back? Why isn't he involved? 
and then you start introducing these conflicts. Well, I mean, you can, and they sort of did, and that movie was called Mystery Man, mm-hmm. in True. which you know Captain Metropolis or whatever his name is is running around right. kicking butt, and then he gets taken down, mm-hmm. and then it's the other guys who end up saving the day mm-hmm. after killing him accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, there is a president for that, but, I mean, that's what you have to set up Superman right. to be, is this guy who holds the universe together, and then he gets taken out. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't think, I don't think you can tell, unless you're having them in there as just these cameo nods, mm-hmm. like taking him out with punching asteroids or leave me alone, I'm in Gotham, people are going to expect your Justice League movie to have those two in them. Oh, absolutely. So... Somehow you're going to have to incorporate so them. In. them. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You have to incorporate them. So you throw in the, the Black Mercy twist if you're going to do well, that with but, the star. But why take them out? Just keep them in the movie. Yeah. All yeah. right. Put them I, in the movie. I, I mean, you are it, it basically, you are, it's it's like you got to watch Back to the Future, right? And then uh, they they get Einstein in the DeLorean and he goes back forward, like forward five minutes or whatever. And then they're like, oh my God, a time machine. And then Einstein hits the pedal again, flies off. And then the rest of the movie is just Doc and Marty running away from Libyan terrorists. And then five minutes before the movie ends, Einstein comes back in the DeLorean and runs over the terrorists. <laughs> it, I mean, that's I mean that's certainly one way to look at it. <laughs> you know, that's certainly one way to look at it. I'm not saying this is a great idea. I'm saying this is one way you can An do idea. it sure. that, that can be done. Um, and I think that's I think that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise, unless you're establishing the power strength, mm-hmm. uh, it's a movie that's over in five minutes. You'd have to, though. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, you'd you have would to. have to establish how yeah. strong Superman is. Yeah, and you could and easily do that with Rodrigo's pitch. Have... You do that in the opening bank scene, mm-hmm. where you've, yeah. you've got the uh, bad guys that blow whatever up, and then start to run away, and you do something that causes Superman yeah. to strain while he's taking them down. Right. You have to go Yair Kung Fu. You have to have a multi-level threat to involve Superman and Batman. Mm-hmm. You have to have fighty fighty, or you have to have Hulk punching giant creatures while Hawkeye shoots little creatures. Yeah, and I mean, which... and that 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 makes the Starro actually a really mm-hmm. good enemy because yeah. you do have the giant Starro in do. the sky coming down. That and you Superman got the needs to you've got the zombie and horror, and you've got for, uh, face huggers, and and then yeah. you got like ships for Hawkman to hit with a mace or an axe or something. Ooh, Hawkman, you got to get Hawkman yeah. in there. No way. <laughs> go satellite era league. You go. You go. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Arrow, Black Canary, Hawkman, Flash, and Elongated Man. It would be it would be awesome to to get that scene where everybody's coming in and they're like, okay, so we have a super strong guy and a guy who can fly and everything. So we got all this covers. Like, aren't the Hawks kind of doubling up on things? Like, why are those guys here? And they're like, dude, they've got an absorbicron. <laughs> like, we yeah. we really need to let him in the club for yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah. I mean, that thing is useful. Anything else you want to add, Rob? Hmm. Nah. Detroit League. <laughs> I you do. You do Aquaman going to Detroit. You get Steel, your Vibe, your Gypsy, your Vixen. First of all, it's immediately multicultural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't have to go out of it. You've got, you know, you've got Vibe. You hit the Latinos. You got Vixen. Vixen's a strong female African American character. You got Gypsy, whose name is a racial slur. You got <laughs> Steel for the people who have robots for brains. You throw in your Martian Manhunter to fill your Superman slot. 
you have them do street level superheroics and you have it where the league the old league the superman batman wonder woman league was there but it broke up yep. and they broke up and now you've got this league with you know you can't have him be a break dancer in the year 2012 right actually you can now that i mention it you're going to have him be the retroist retroist break dancing parachute pantsing mfer on the planet yep because each one of these leaguers is going to represent a different decade. Steel is going to be the 50s and Vixen the 60s and Vibe the 80s and Gypsy the 90s. And you make a metatextual statement out of the whole GD thing. And at the end, you have Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman show up and go, what the what? the what? And then the, the, the Martian Manhunter and Aquaman are like, this one's handled by the Justice League. And, and then five dollars at the box office. And then, office. then they jump; they all jump together, and there's a freeze frame, and they play <laughs> vibes theme music over it. <laughs> and then underneath it says the rec center was saved. Yep, that's right. That could be what they're fighting for. All right, Except last it could be the WREC center. <laughs> hey man, Herbie Hancock for the theme Boom. would be great. The Justice final League. final question uh, for this week. Um, let's say you have two popular series that you're right you have two popular series you guys didn't say it with me damn it uh you're i didn't want to risk it you got you're you're kind of uh on a lag, treading on so it... the nice oh <laughs> uh so you have two popular series right mm-hmm. and and popular you can you can define whatever you mean is popular sure but one let's say is more in the public eye than the other sure okay um, one's like a cult classic kind of thing. Um, one is like The Walking Dead, okay. and the other one is like Invincible. Okay. Okay. Um, you, as the the creator of of both of these series and the writers of both of these series, mm-hmm. um, are under a lot of pressure. Maybe you've got a whole different spinoff company going. You've got a bunch of other. Maybe you decide to do a silly series about a dinosaur with with multiple weapons. Right. 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 Because um, you're probably. In, in various stages of production of other comics. Right, exactly. But so you only have a limited amount of time. Sure. And your publisher really isn't really concerned about it has to come out monthly. Would you would you shift more of your attention to the to the Walking Dead than to the Invincibles? Would you say, well, this one does have to come out monthly. The Invincible, it'll come out when it comes out. Even though Invincible's popular, it'll come out when it comes out. Do you go with the money? Do you go with the money maker, even though both are popular? I think if, if if they were, if I was the creator, and if they were both my properties that I brought from the ground up, mm-hmm. then I probably wouldn't care that much about the money specifically. Like I would say, which one of these do I want to do right now, and mm-hmm. I would do that one, assuming that I was somehow financially stable enough that I didn't have to worry too much about sure. that. Sure. Well, these are popular um, enough. I mean, if we're looking specifically at Walking Dead Invincible, you're pretty well set I, off. I think, personally, I think I would have a lot of trouble with this because I wouldn't actually want to get myself involved in another series unless I felt that I could, in a timely manner, mm-hmm. get the first series. Well, out. this is almost the pick your favorite child kind of thing, you yeah. know, kill, kill one of your children. Right. Um, you've got a choice. The deadline's coming up, walking dead or invincible. Which mm-hmm. one do you finish first? Rob? I would probably go with invincible that in, in this specific situation, since right. because 
Walking Dead has all of this other stuff going on with it. I mean, you're getting you're getting the shows. You're getting so much more Walking Dead stuff than you are Invincible. Mm-hmm. I would probably actually go with Invincible to make sure the people that really want the Invincible stuff still get Invincible stuff, while the people who really want the Walking Dead stuff are getting they're still getting Walking Dead stuff. It's not necessarily you know the comic itself, but they're still they've they've got the TV show, they've got the toys, they've got what, three or four different board games that they could go to. Right. Give the people that have the one entity to go to that one thing, mm-hmm. and mm. then get back to the big one as quickly as possible. Matthew, you went. Uh, hmm. You say no. I think Rob Rob has a, a, a grain in there, but I think that. What you're looking at is, first of all, apples and oranges. It's two different audiences. I think that right now with Walking Dead Season 2 in hiatus, it's almost certain that the Walking Dead comic book coming up towards a big anniversary has much better numbers than not only Invincible, than Walking Dead usually has. And so you want to maintain that, you know, you want to keep the groundswell under Walking Dead. And if you have to choose what you do, get Walking Dead to that issue 100, get Walking Dead through the, you know, the season break, the lacuna where there isn't a TV show while you have that groundswell. Get that that number, you know, that issue 100 there. And then if Invincible suffers, let's be honest here, it's not the first time that Invincible has suffered. Invincible is on issue 91. Two. 92, and it's a book that's been out for nearly nine years. Yes. So it's not as though Invincible being late is necessarily going to cause everybody to give up on Invincible. Right. Invincible has been putting out, you know, four to eight issues a year for the last three or four years. And they had their on time in 09 guarantee where both books were on time. Mm -hmm. But in my definition, both books were somewhat lessened. Because it felt, especially in Invincible's case, that being on time may have short shrifted things a little bit and gave us some weirdnesses that I I still haven't necessarily gotten over. Um, you know, after the brilliance that was Angstrom Levy, all of a sudden to be thrown into this other thing and then weird stuff and then weird mm-hmm. stuff and well, still and unresolved weird stuff. That's kind of that's kind of what led me up to this discussion because I really, really like Invincible a lot. Mm -hmm. I really like that series. And Walking Dead is, I mean, it's the Walking Dead, right? I mean, I could pick up issue 99, which is out on shelves this this week, and probably there's not going to be anything too surprising in that book. But Walking Dead started in October of 2003. Invincible started in January of 2003. And Walking Dead is seven issues ahead of Invincible. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So... It doesn't seem like Invincible seems to be, you know, that big priority because everything's Walking Dead, Walking Dead, Walking Dead. Sure. Uh, you know, do you? And it seems like Kirkman is following that money. Walking Dead's hot. We got to make sure this gets out. And I don't know all the reasons why Invincible has been delayed or not uh, hit it. I mean, number of reasons. Don't care about it. But sure. when it boils down to it, it seems like let's follow the money. Right. And who cares if Invincible's late? The fan base is still there. You know what? With and in Kirkman's case specifically, um, and this this goes with a lot of other stuff too. Uh, you know, he is in control of those properties. Right. 
So for him, it's not like somebody hands him Spider-Man, which mm-hmm. I think they may have at some point. I don't know. I don't. I haven't kept track of it. But it's not like they hand him Spider-Man and say, do something cool with Spider-Man, dude. Right. And he's like, okay, I want to do this crazy thing. And they're like, yes or no, or editorial gets in the way, but in the end, mm-hmm. the property's not his. Right. Uh, with Walking Dead and Invincible, they are his properties, mm-hmm. and he is the the second entity that stands to gain the most out of them, with the first one really being Image. Right. Um, and so he, since it's his livelihood, is in his best interest to follow that money. Right. Um, and it's not necessarily a question of greed so much as a question of uh, maintaining what does make you money you know mm-hmm. i mean that that goes for most people if you're running a restaurant and you do if you have a sandwich shop but one day you do tacos and everybody loves the tacos and they don't care much for your sandwiches and then you do two taco days a week and your restaurant fills every week and then you do three taco days a week it's like well maybe i should just be a mexican restaurant right 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 you know right because a taco is really just a sandwich it it, it is there's there's also More the possibility say, that Walking Dead might just be easier for him to write. <laughs> well, yeah, because nothing happens in every issue. It's, it's not, I'm not gonna, it is a great series. It's but... like you were complaining about my template for this show, uh, you know, the show script. <laughs> we, we Kirkman, we weren't, we Kirkman, weren't I know, we I know. Were... But I'm saying Kirkman is doing the same thing. He's yeah. got his template, mm-hmm. and he's just filling in the. It's yeah. it's a Mad Libs for him. <laughs> it, it, it kind of feels that way, especially like the. Uh, now that's the, just me editorializing. Volumes. I mean, like I the most people recent really volumes about. where they're at right now has actually felt somewhat different since they've managed to com- stabilize. Mm-hmm. But it felt like the first six or eight volumes, it's like find community, become somewhat stable. One bad thing happens, community falls apart. Zombie attack. Move. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, some sort of zombie attack happens, or some some sort of attack happens. Just just uh. one bad thing happens, community falls apart. Move on. Find community, get somewhat Don't. stable. Bad thing happens. Move on. Find you community. You can't boil things down to that level. Though. I mean, that's like saying Batman is about a man who punches people in tights. Well, he doesn't punch people in tights. Sometimes he punches people in uh, in, in the tank. I know. In, in but, pants with like little question marks. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Walking Dead is a very hard series to write, and I can tell you that it's a very hard series to write as someone who tried to write multiple voices they have a cast of like 40 people that rotate around and you know most of these people are actually consistent from appearance to appearance to appearance to where there's got to be you know a big bible and a flow chart and trying to figure out who's where and you know if somebody gets shot in the eye with a crossbow not mentioning any names because it just happened a couple weeks ago um that's something where you're like, holy crap, that's blah, blah. And then you have to go back and think, oh, man, that, that customer, you know, he's been here for like 40, 40 issues. Character, not customer. I'm focused on the store. But I think that to boil it down to money, I think, is being a little disingenuous as well. I don't think it's a question of Walking Dead is making me more money, so I need to push Walking Dead. Well, originally it wasn't. The question wasn't uh, money related. It was which right. one is more popular but than critical, the other. Roughly, critical roughly two claim. to three minutes yeah. ago, you you said follow the I money. I know, but that wasn't. But that wasn't the doing. that wasn't the original question, and it did come down to this. Kirkman, you know, which one is more popular? He's going with the one that's more popular. If that one's making him more money, I don't know. I don't know which one's making him more money. Maybe he has more control over Invincible from the monetary standpoint than what he does with Walking Dead. Uh, I don't know any of that. Now there's two outputs to Walking Dead. So you got to assume that Walking Dead has a higher profile. Yeah. 
Uh, and I think because of that higher profile, having Walking Dead be on time is probably smarter, a smarter decision as a producer for your community. I, I, and I'll, I, I'll, I'll, I'll back Matthew up on this one. Most of the drama from Walking Dead is personal drama. And to keep that interesting, it is, is difficult now. Steven, you might not find it interesting anymore, and that's it, legitimate it's because fine, after, but a lot after of so one many... volume, I was pretty tired of it, honestly. But that's that's just me, and I think to a, to a lesser degree, that's you as well. You just haven't had a higher tolerance for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, but uh, last, people do the last really issue like I it, read, and, and the reason and why they like that. it is because in a zombie movie, you only get to see that self-destructive mm-hmm. human interaction right. for 60 minutes. Right. In The Walking Dead, you get to see these long, complex chains of relationship mm-hmm. uh, eventually tear themselves up. And yes, it is us. We're the yeah, yeah. We are The Walking Dead. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I understand. I understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some great character developments in there. I'm not saying that there's... Rob none, is The Walking right? Dead. Yes. I, I'm not saying that there yeah. aren't really <laughs> good and interesting characters in there and that there aren't unique situations. But as Rob said... There is this cyclical yeah, yeah. story cycle that happens each and every time. I have not read The Walking Dead since issue 86. Mm-hmm. Okay. I bet I can pick it up with so issue that was 99. What, 11 issues ago or something? Yeah. Something like that. 13, uh, 13 issues ago. Mm-hmm. This is almost a year ago. Um, I bet I could pick it up right now and not be surprised with anything going on in the story. Um, oh, actually, that, that's one of the things he's done lately. You might be surprised because he did and, break the formula An recently. interesting challenge. You should pick that up I, and I'll, see. I will pick up issue 100. And you should review that. I will pick up spoilers. 100 and I will, uh, I will read it and see if it just seems like a lot of the same thing. Does that come out next month? It would be funny, though, if you picked up issue 100. If you picked yeah, up issue July. 100 and they were like, oh, no, actually, that whole thing was right. It was aliens and everybody's alive. Yeah, and it yeah. was all a dream. Well, you know, and so that brings up the other one is I think originally... Kirkman had said he was going to wrap this up at 100 issues, right? At one point. I don't recall him ever saying Like a long time Kirkman's ago. His entire point of doing this was he wanted to do an ongoing zombie story. Oh, okay. Right, a zombie movie that never ends. Yeah, because zombie stories don't do oh, ongoing okay. things. Mm-hmm. They, right. they have this yeah, yeah. very fine. Well, if it makes you feel any better, season two of The Walking Dead literally felt like it would never end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was slow. But are, there not good character, are there not good character, character developments in that? Where's TV Colin? show? I haven't watched season Some two. Some good character developments is just they're basically doing the same actions every episode. The huh, thing about the Walking Dead television show is um, there's a little bit more of the I don't want to say the Hollywood thought process involved, but the you know the writing for television where people kind of announce what they're going to do. It's very soap opera in a way. And you can you can count on three things to happen nearly every issue. Somebody's episode, somebody's going to go, and Rick's going to go, we don't know that. And then it, Rick's wife is going to be mean and hateful. And then Carl She's will not, not be yet. in the house. Carl will never be in the house. The only time Carl will be in the house is if you explicitly say, Carl, don't go in the house. Because he's a Yeah, I, I, I'll admit, I've not watched season two of The Walking Dead just because I was like, the first season you know, I thought was slow, and I didn't want to see a repeat with, of that. It's it's funny because I saw the first two episodes of The Walking Dead, and I was like, "Wow, this is very close to the comic." Right. I mean, obviously, even in even in the first two episodes, there's already a deviation. And I'm like, right. "Okay, they're doing this. This is very well shot, mm-hmm. interesting, good characters, and everything." And I'm like, "Oh, but this is a zombie story." 
I'm not interested in this. <laughs> it's like everything else should have been okay, but I'm like, oh, you don't like this is this is a Mexican soap opera. I actually don't want to watch this. You, you don't like you don't like the zombie. No, genre. Magnificals. I, I I and here's the thing. I've realized like because I had a friend who was way into zombies, and we watched a lot of zombie movies together. And I realized that. You know, if I watch a zombie movie once every six months, then mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, that was so scary and right, so right, weird. Right. But if I watch a zombie movie within two weeks of another zombie movie, then I'm like, blah, this is I, I think for me, it's got to be like two or three years for a yeah. zombie movie before I really get into yeah, that same but, way. Oh, that was so good. But you're you're very, uh, you've got a very particular relationship with zombies, seeing but, as how sometimes in your dreams you travel to yes, a different dimension yes, full of zombies. I do. The zombie dimension mm-hmm. has not plagued me in a long time. Mm-hmm. But now I it will tonight. So. Yeah, we'll see. I'm probably going to get about two hours of sleep. So Hey, if it two? makes you feel any better tonight when you're in the zombie dimension, just tell Carl to go to the house. Um, but, okay, so maybe Kirkman had planned on this to be a, an ongoing, um, but... Invin- uh, um, incorruptible and uh, um, ir- irrefutable and um, um, indispensable. 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 Those, did, those did have an <laughs> I endgame. I think that means. Mm-hmm. And so should should some series have an endgame? Should absolutely. they just? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. More series should have an Every absolutely. series should have an endgame. Yep. You think every series should have an endgame? I think absolutely. I, I think Spider-Man should have an endgame. I think they should be, here are the adventures of Spider-Man as he uh, works as a, as a teacher in an inner city school now. And mm-hmm. here's what's going on with Spider-Man. And he fights Dr. Octopus. And then you find out that really it was the vulture behind it all along. And, and now he gets this resolution and he meets a girl. The end. And he's dead. Wait a week. Hey, look, here's a new adventure of Spider-Man. Did that stuff happen? Maybe if the author wants to reference it. But here's a new limited series of Spider-Man. You, I think everything should go to limited series. That's what I think I've said that before, I've, is that the, uh, the limited series would be great. Absolutely. So you start over with a new number one. And you start with that. a new number one. You give it a cool I am, name. I am totally behind that. Like Spider-Man... Death, Colon, yes, death, spider, yes, Spider-Man. Death stalks the streets. And the savage Choke. sword of Dr. Dinosaur. Oh, yes. wait. Okay, wait. You said cool name, right? Because right. <laughs> you said cool name, and then you just started spouting the glaive. Well, I was going to say deadly, Matthew, but then I thought, because that's totally not cool. But Deadly chelicerae <laughs> of death. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm behind that. I really think that mm-hmm. that is, uh, you know, that way it's, I mean, from the waiting for the trade, aspect it works perfect for that yep um you don't have to worry about you know if you commit yourself to four or six or however many mm-hmm. issues you're going to tell in that story 12 issues whatever it can be you just can, tell it that 12 issues and if the series tanks you don't have to worry about and, canceling it in the middle of a storyline and, and if you want to go longer if people respond to it it can be a 24 issue limited series. yeah, yeah, yeah. get a second volume of chelicery of doom yeah and just keep going from there is yeah. chelicery even a word uh, I don't know. Is Framistad? I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. Framistad is a word. Go Google it. I have. If you put Framistad in the uh, Wikipedia, it'll take you right to the I, entry for I a have read it. word. I have read right. it. So uh, chelicerae are, are the uh, pseudofangs that spiders use to inject. Oh, there you go. Wonderful. It's uh, See? You learn something before it's done. It's like Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids, only my backup isn't quite as entertaining as Rudy. <laughs> Matthew, you like the idea of the limited uh, series? Mm-hmm. 
I don't have any problem with it because I've always loved when comics can do an ending. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite comics of all times, Ghost Rider 81, the last Johnny Blaze story, where Johnny Blaze, after being spending 10 years bonded to this demon who's taken over more and more and more and more of his life, Johnny gets free, rides off into the sunset with his girlfriend, and you see the demon trapped in a crystal. And it's like, I'm Zarathos. Uh, I will be a That's a great later. ending. And it's great that they never went back and put Johnny together <laughs> with that demon again. <laughs> it's great that that never happened. Yeah. I loved the end of the X-Men. X-Men 226, they all go to Dallas and they're fighting the adversary. And the adversary is like, I'm evil. And the X-Men are like, we will die to save the world. And they all die to save the world. Mm. And it's and it's and great the, that they never printed they another never, X-Men comic. They again. never yeah. printed another X-Men comic again. <laughs> you know, these are good stories. And I believe that you talk about good jumping on points and I joke about good jumping off points. Stories should have good jumping off points. Not because, you know, people are going to jump off and never come back, but this story is over. Now it's a good jumping on point to a new chunk of story. And Miles Morales is Spider-Man now. Mm-hmm. If we if we existed in real time, Peter Parker would be seventy years old. I mean, that's uh, and that's a good point. I mean, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man is actually a great example of this, where that is basically what they're mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. They are just moving on to a different. The story is moving on to a different character, yeah. except it that character is still tied to every aspect of the previous character's continuity. Mm-hmm. Whereas yep. if it was a brand new limited series, they wouldn't have to be. They could pick and choose and really write a much better story because then they could essentially uh, just take whatever they wanted. Right. Mm. Rob, what about you? I like the limited series concept. I think that... Uh, I think the best one currently running like that is Atomic Robo. Mm-hmm. Where you know, each volume, this is the story. You don't need to know any of the rest of the stories. There are there is a continuity going on between the entire thing, but you can pick up any volume and have everything you need right there. Right. And I mean specifically, Atomic Robo is great because they have incorporated that into the actual story. Mm-hmm. Because each story of Atomic Robo takes a, a slice of Atomic Robo's incredibly ample lifetime and tells you a story that happened either at different segments that match up or within one particular segment. Uh, and that's that in and of itself is a narrative thing. I mean, if you look at Fables, you know, Fables kind of does the same thing. Uh, you know, same characters, the, the continuity is still there, but the tone of each one changes because right. they're like, we're going to do a heist. We're going to do, you know, a, a mm-hmm. murder mystery, mm-hmm. you know, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So each volume of fables is self-contained, still keeps all the characters, but also uh, shakes things up enough to be readable as a standalone issue. Right. As a standalone right, right, right. volume. Yeah. I, I, I do like that idea and it's, it'd be great if we could see more of that happening. And, you know, I think we're going to see more of that happening mm-hmm. from publishers because they're going to realize committing to an ongoing just isn't going to be uh, fiscally responsible uh, in the long run. Uh, and it sets up potentials. Matthew, what was it? Alpha Flight or whatever that was canceled right in the middle of the story and they didn't even finish it uh, not too long ago. Was that it? Alpha Flight? Yeah. The Well, the Alpha Flight started as a mini and then they said, no, 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 we're going to make it a continuing. And then they're like, oh, no, we're not. 
<laughs> and they just said, oh, we're just going to cancel it. And then, Well, it could be worse. Uh, Band of Brothers, movie. all Winter Squad Band of Brothers was solicited as an eight issue. They got to issue five and said, oh, we're done. Mm. Huh. Issue five ends with a cliffhanger. Yeah. Well. So if you, if you committed to six issues or eight issues, you well, commit to that, and then well, you do it. Yep. Let me let me draw that out. Uh, we got another couple of minutes here. Let me draw yeah, that out to one more. What about just mm. instead of having the monthly issue of six issues, why mm-hmm. not just come out with the trade? You know, the more I think about that, I, I for a long time I was a proponent of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more I think about that, I understand that it's a very risky proposition. Sure, it is. You are ba- as as a. As as a publishing house, you are all of a sudden doing that thing that you force the comic stores to do, which right. is to put all your investment up front right. and then hope that things pan out. Right. So I can understand the trepidation now. I personally would love it because, you know... Uh, you get the it, complete story. Because you get the complete story mm-hmm. because you can essentially charge... You know, from an economic standpoint, you can charge people more. Right. You know, you make it a little bit more deluxe, throw in a few sketches, and you can pay more than it would be to pay for two, two, three, four ninety nine for each issue necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you make it a hardback, and you can skyrocket the price, and people would still buy it because people are going to buy the X Men, mm-hmm. uh, and still get a, a higher profit off of that. The problem is, of course, what if people just straight up. Don't feel it, you know. Don't don't go out and buy it like you want. Right. So four times a year, you get a nice X Men saga story. God, I would love that in a bound trade, ready to go. But you only get it four times a year. I personally would love that. But Rob, what about I, you? It's viable. I would be all right with it. It's kind of depends. Like like I like single issue stories. I like the mm-hmm. single issue format. Sure. When it's written by the right people. Right. Uh, the, Normally, I don't pick up anything by, or don't pick up a lot of stuff by Jeff Johns mm-hmm. in single issues mm-hmm. because he writes for the trade, right? Or not necessarily for the, but he writes, yeah, you know, he writes the full story. You get a really good story when you actually have it all collected, but single issues are kind of feel like a slice, kind of, yeah, a slice of the story. Mm-hmm. But then there's other that, and, and Jeff Johns occasionally does get it, knock it out of the park really well with it like you did last week with Green Lantern you get a good issue that's its own it's not even necessarily a standalone story but you actually get a good single narrative through one story and some stories don't need more than 20 22 pages to be told 32 pages to be told uh, in, in a comic format I mean some of the best comics I've read are standalone issues or you know, like a two-issue arc. Mm-hmm. It it you couldn't do that with right. the you trade would, format you would, you because would specifically have to write a six-issue yeah. quote-unquote series every time. Mm-hmm. Yep, or four-issue or something sure, like sure. that. Or maybe, mm-hmm. or maybe it's a bi-monthly and it's twice the size. Mm-hmm. Matthew, what are your thoughts? I have no thoughts. Really? How come? I'm an idiot. Well, and my problem is I don't like the idea of going straight to the trade. How come? Because trade waiting is is a great bugaboo of mine. Now, I like build a bugaboo. What, yeah. I like the way Scott Scott Pilgrim is done, where we have a volume and the volume comes out every few months, or like Empowered, 
So, you know, you're not actually waiting for the trade. What you're waiting for yeah, is that is, volume. Is That's what I'm trade. saying. That's what I'm saying is do away <laughs> with the single issues. You Wait, come out on, with Ma- that Ma- trade. Ma- Matthew just convinced himself yeah, to yeah, agree yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this this happens only once a year. Actually, it so. happened in the last two episodes of oh, Critical Hit as well. So. Yeah, well. Matthew's starting to come around in my way of thinking. No. So you do or don't like the idea? No, Matthew. I hate you and I love Batman. <laughs> no! <And you> are... <laughs> oh, yeah, Legends of the Dark Knight. Um that's impossible. So, <laughs> so Matthew, if they had, and I don't, I don't know what your favorite series is, Defenders, would you yes. rather have that once a year, you know, 200-page Defenders story that comes out and it's really great, it's got great Dodson art, and it's written by really cool people, and you get to sit down and you get to read that, but it's you only get it once a year. It's written by the Fonz. Yeah, yeah it's written by Fonzie. <laughs> Or would you rather be able to pick up and hopefully pick up an issue of the Defenders each week, providing that the sales are strong enough and it doesn't get canceled right in the middle of of an important storyline, right in the middle of someone's Uh, important um, sentence? Oh, it will get canceled right in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) See, all of a sudden, I was (laughs) it was one of those things where Candlejack came around and I was. Oh. Anyway, I. The the problem that you have with it is, I am kind of part of the the comic book uh, establishment. The old dudes who are like, no, 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 bad. You know that 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 theory of everything would be better if it was exactly the way it used to be. Donald Duck can go a thousand issues, and people will buy a million copies each month. But I think that your biggest problem when it comes to we're going to go straight to the trade is always going to be the retailers yeah. saying, well, how do I know that the people who read Scott Pilgrim are going to come back if we're not doing this every month in the traditional manner? And it's a legitimate concern for those retailers. And I think that it's a legitimate concern for everybody is what happens if we try this and it goes really badly. Well, I mean, what happens goes, if we start offering these digital-only first comics? And and they're experimenting, but they're not the first run. No, they're not. Well, in <clears> some <throat> of them, they actually are. Smallville and the uh, the Amikami and the Legends of the Dark Knight. Those Anacom- are exclusive to the uh, to the digital-only format. Yeah, but they're not action comics. They're not. No, they're Batman. not that. But they are experimenting with these different right. things, and, just but, like Superman and action comics weren't the first and, digital comics and, that and DC that's, put out. And that's what you're going to see. Every once in a while, you'll get that. I mean, God Loves, Man Kills mm-hmm. was kind of a, an experiment mm-hmm. in that, yep. which clearly they looked at and said, nope, this doesn't work quite like we wanted to. Right. So we'll keep doing this. We're now, what, 10, 20, 20 years have passed since mm-hmm. it, since that? 30. Comic? 30 years have passed since that comic. <laughs> So, exactly 30. Uh, so maybe it's time to try it again. Right. Uh, but, I mean. <laughs> yes, this milk is sour. I'll try again tomorrow. Well. Yeah, that's not a good analogy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> de- definitely re-releasing uh, God Loves Man Kills right now might be an issue because right. there's things about it that are dated. Right. So that would be super sour milk at that point. It would yeah. be yogurt. Right. Yeah. Um, which I guess can be pretty good. So there you go. You <laughs> might want to Twitter that. <laughs> God yeah, Loves Man right. Kills. I just it's yogurt. Yep, I just had a deep thought about yogurt. <laughs> Soylent Green is made of people, after all. I, I'm not saying that every title would have to go that way, but I think there are, you know, if there were half a dozen monthly books that came out from each publisher, and then once a month or 
three times a year, four times a year, once a year, depending on the title, you had a nice 200 pound, 200 page story. I think I'm, that I'm might work. I'm telling you, I would, I would like, I sometimes don't even open it. I just take yeah, yeah. it out of my bookshelf, put it in my bed, and cuddle with my Capital Cities of Heaven, <laughs> Iron Fist, because I love that book so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and it's just, I mean, it, it ends in a clip, you know, it, right, it moves right. the, the, the immortal weapons off to another adventure, right. but it's just so succinct, just this giant trade, and I mm-hmm. just love love it to death. And if they were like, we're going Fat to launch, Cobra. yeah, if they're like, I love all the immortal weapons, but <laughs> if they were like, we are going to have a, you know, an invaders uh, trade come out and it's just going to be a succinct story. I was like, I haven't seen anything from the invaders in such a long time, you know, such a classic. I'm going to go pick that up. Like I would love that way of doing things. I would totally spend money on that. Okay. There you go, DC. We, we have, That's we have you get Rodrigo's dollars. We have yep. said many things on this show that have come to pass. I think somebody's That's listening. That's true. We have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know who that somebody is? My mom. Yeah. The, I, I think a lot of the time the, the reason why we seem so prescient is because one of us says one thing and the other one absolutely disagrees with them. So uh, yes. one of us is bound to be right. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> uh, I think we end up with more hits than yeah, misses, I, I though. Yeah, I think we do. We, I think, uh, and, and I will say right here now that Steven is just 10 years ahead of the industry and he uh, you know ha- doesn't at this point have a lot of hair on his head and I think partially <laughs> it's because it's the brain waves are floating <laughs> out it's partially because he's receiving brain waves from the future and then whatever hair he does have he tears off saying why isn't the industry doing this and then sure enough five years later hey we've they got are. this great well, idea digital comics y'all, I was I was on in, your tablet I was I was about to say uh, Horizon Labs is a name front right before Matthew. Uh, said it so yep. we were on the same wavelength yep, yep. and it oh, would yeah. not surprise me and dan slot i think that would be an incredibly good twist mm-hmm. to the amazing spider-man story because then the government could come in and seize all of peter parker's property yeah his apartment his money and whatever because <laughs> it was ill-gotten gains you could actually Ill-gotten have the title spider-man agent, agent of, of aim. aim there you go there uh, you go marvel I know you're Free listening. money there, Joey. Joey the Q's. Listen. There you go. Right. In this episode, we gave you what four? We gave tech tech story. Yep. Aim story. Yep. Uh, four Justice League pitches. Four just three, three Justice, Justice League, League pitches. pitches. Rob, we didn't hear your Justice League pitch. And an ultimatum. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really have a pitch. He, he right. had a lineup. Okay. Yeah, I had a lineup, but that right. was about it. I... Has anybody else noticed that Rob has the best catchphrase of all of us? Which is um, long pause. <laughs> hey, leave him alone, all right? <laughs> Be I'm nice, not making Matthew. fun of him. That's great because you can hear him thinking and smell the smoke. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see if yeah, any I of our that, we'll pal. see if they any of our predictions come out. Me. And listeners, here's your chance to uh, to voice your thoughts on any of our thoughts, comments, ideas, predictions, whatever they may be, or share some of your own. Who knows? Maybe Marvel with hell. I know Marvel is looking through our site. I know DC is looking through our site. Uh, Gail Simone gave us a nice shout-out uh, last week from uh, Birds of Prey. Um, is that your review? Or is that Zach's review? Of, or not Birds of Prey. Was it Birds of Prey? Yeah, Birds of Prey. No, 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 no. No. What was the, the one? Simone the Gail Simone, Batgirl. Batgirl. Right Batgirl. Batgirl. Was, yeah, was that yeah, your... Was Bob's Batgirl. Yeah, she's, she's taking uh, back her, her <laughs> She's taking back Birds of Prey. I don't remember. Um, but, uh, yeah, Zach check it out. That. 
check it out, listeners, and uh, share your thoughts, Majorspoilers.com. Next time when we come back, we will be talking about Black Sad Silent Hell. Why? Because we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com, and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven rich like a man of iron Might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine be In the Middle East With a king sign throwing soldier what a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, whoa, 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 whoa. what a major spoiler. Major Spoilers is copyright 2012.